Hey guys, welcome to Bag Borecast, episode number 381. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, where we bring you the top... Oh, we gather up you the gather top up. Geek stories. Of the Out of that week. news garden. <laughs> are you done? Yeah. Okay. And then we go into the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 7th, 2018. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our monthly trading policy. Oh, something just fell down. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, one of my cast is playing with something and you knocked it over. Um, uh, monthly trading policy. And this week, it's a pulp pick. And we're going to be taking a look at the new Man of Steel volume number one. From, yeah, this is a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. From uh, Brian Michael Bendis and a rotating cast of uh, artists. Yeah, this is a weekly DC comic book, and we love those. So we, we did ha- it one time. We, we had to give it a shot, right? Yeah. And it's also been discovered in DC, so and it's only six issues. And we read the first for uh, a monthly look, look back. back. Exactly. So you only really needed to read five issues, and it wasn't as Bendis-y as it wasn't that wordy as a Bendis book can be. No, but it still was very Bendis-y. Yeah. It still is, yeah. Which yeah. we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But what we have to get into first is beer. And guys, we're drinking the same thing. All three of us. All painter three-way. Yeah. Uh, This beer is coming to us from Founders Brewing out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And this is Curmudgeon's Better Half. This is their Curmudgeon Old Ale that's actually uh, brewed with molasses and then aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. And guys, I love this beer, but I have one problem with it. It's 12%. It's 12.7%, and it drinks way too easy. Mm-hmm. Like, something it. with that big of, a, like, an ABV, you, you figure you'd get more of an alcohol burn on it, but you really don't. You just get, like, a nice molasses vanilla sweetness. It's 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 very, very smooth. Um, great complexity on the tongue, the vanilla, the maple's there. It's not overpowering. It doesn't uh, – it's just added a little sweetness to it. Um, yeah. I went and opened my next beer so I could sip on that because – I've mm-hmm. Paul, Paul and I have split a bottle and we're both almost done with it. And I'd somehow well, we've been talking somehow for 45 the second, minutes. So. The second beer uh, was going to slow me down from drinking. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's that's 12.7 percent alcohol by volume logic, right there. Right. That's the same logic I had when I came home from your Oktoberfest and cracked one of these bottles open, saying, <laughs> "You know what? Kate's go- Kate's already asleep. I'm gonna." I'm going to have a beer and just relax and play some World of Warcraft. And, uh, yeah, that tipped me over the edge, and I was so hungover the next day. It was stupid. It was dumb. Uh, that's I was in pain. part of why I'm only doing the one beer today. Just I'm off all day, so it's not like I have to like, worry about going to work or something after you record. But uh, the other day I went to Epcot with some friends, and then we went out drinking afterwards. And I didn't get, like, drunk, but the next day I was like, I could have had, like, one or two less drinks and i'd feel a lot better about living right now uh so even today i'm still like okay i'm gonna, gonna take it easy but who knows? i mean i still i still have one more bottle of this left because i drank two actually the night that i brought it home because mm-hmm. I, I popped open one just to have and i was like okay well i'll have another one for the show and then i'll have two more like to sit there i knew i can come back to later but then after i drank the first one i was like all right i I'm going to drink more because it's so good. And I didn't realize how much of a big boy it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Paul and I also, we went into the cellar and we brought up uh, curmudgeon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, poured into glasses, tried it. Not good. And this has been aging we don't know how long because um, it's one of those cellar beers that we never labeled. We never did. It, it might have moved once and maybe even twice. Who yeah. Knows? Uh, so <laughs> there, we had two bottles down there. I imagine one might have been older than the other. But who knows? Who knows? And uh, they're not taped. So, not oh, nope, nope. Bottled. Guess what? I found the date on hey. the one that we opened. Bottled one thirty two thousand fourteen. Wow. <laughs> well, well, because we have to say something in a different way every right? time. So it's right on the top near where the neck meets, meets the bottle here, uh, where the neck meets the rest of the bottle. So yeah, this is a four year old bottle, over a four year old, don't know a five year old bottle that we cracked open, and it, it is watery. Acrid and woody. I can't find it on that one. Uh, it might be because the bottle was empty. But like, uh, just looking at this bottle through the glass, there is just there's there's specks of stuff floating around inside. Um, so that could be uh, just as old. It could be a fifteen. It could be a thirteen. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, curmudgeon. We've had aged bottles before, but I don't think we've ever gone four years. No. I can't imagine it staying good and obviously it didn't with four years on it you know curmudgeon is curmudgeon a a year round no no which one's year round that backwoods bastard and breakfast stout okay uh Uh, yeah don't age them just drink them fresh yeah in in one year one yeah we got a backwoods i think we got a couple backwoods downstairs that we should probably see if they're any good still man uh but other than that we got some news to talk about yeah so yeah, that brings us into the Week in Geek, and uh, i already forgotten what kind of news that we have, because that curmudgeon is from 2014! Uh, uh, well, go ahead, Chris. No, John, you go ahead, because... No, I was I, about to take a sip, and then I was like, well, I should direct this ship, and then I was like, oh, Chris is going to do it, I can take my sip. No, that's okay, um, you can go ahead and take your sip, because this weekend we actually had the annual BlizzCon happening, and BlizzCon is thrown by Blizzard Entertainment, they're the video game company responsible for stuff like Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm. They're just a big, big video game company, and they're one of those companies that I like pretty much everything that they put out. I might not play everything, but it's definitely on my radar. It's something that I would enjoy. And I think it's awesome that one video game company can actually hold and support an annual convention about just their products it's not like they have a stage or a panel at an actual video game convention like this is all just them like they do it all themselves and it sells out the anaheim convention center where they actually have stuff like san diego comic-con which is crazy but this is actually happening this weekend today is the last day of it we are recording on sunday the fourth um i don't want to list too much stuff this is something that i'm big about paul's kind of next to me on some of it. Mm-hmm. John, you probably don't care about much of it except for maybe one thing, which I don't know you saw yet. I've been watching I've been watching for the Diablo stuff. Okay. Um but first and foremost we got a brand new World of Warcraft cinematic called Lost Honor. Uh I'm really loving the story that they're going through Legion and Battle for Azeroth with. And this new cinematic just kind of kept me going. Uh I really like Saurfang as a character. If you haven't seen this yet something worth checking out the quality of the animation that they're able to pull off is fantastic the amount of emotion that they could put into these cg characters is mind-blowing uh paul you have thoughts on it um my thoughts are 
Yeah, the anima- uh, animation that they're doing is great, and they now believe in their characters enough to like not just have them doing badass actiony things. This is a quiet scene between. Yeah, this is two dudes in a, two in a prison cell talking. Yeah, like about hey, one guy's like, hey, why didn't you kill me on the battlefield? And the other guy's like, well, because I need you to stop her, <laughs> uh, uh, Sylvanas. That is, uh, Chris. I want to start a horde player just to. Uh, see how the story goes and i want to team up with sylvanas because that's you know why because it seems like the wrong choice and i love making the (laughs) evil choices in video games like that bad choice in a video game i want to make it every time just because you know in life i want to make the right choices i want to be the good guy but man if i have a choice to be evil so video game paul's bizarro paul oh he is he is evil he is a goatee wearing paul (laughs) video game paul uh, My Commander Shepard is Renegade, you know? It's just who he is. A lot of a, a lot of people like have been really hard on Blizzard because they don't care too much for the direction that Battle for Azeroth is taking. Just with some of those story beats because Sylvanas is the war chief. Like she's the leader of the horde and they're not agreeing with how Blizzard's kinda like steering her down that path. But I think Sourfang's a great kind of counterbalance to to her, so I, I would pick Sourfang. Like, he's just a cool, badass orc. If they actually are able to make a third faction, uh, where you have the Forsaken faction, basically, the Horde faction, and then the Alliance, I- I'd be so stoked to like have See, that new split. I think that would be really interesting. I don't know if there's a way that they'd be able to pull that off, necessarily. I mean, it's I'm not saying that they couldn't. Um, but it'd be... It would be wild, and I mean, I would. I have multiple characters across both factions, mm-hmm. Alliance and Horde. I would probably have like a couple, like the third whatever faction too. Because um, honestly, do the Void Elves really belong in the Alliance? You know, like uh, there's some, there's something that you're like, ah, you know. I can I see know. where they, where they come from with that, um, joining the Alliance due to the fact that. Valeria is a member of the Alliance, her Australian mm-hmm. kind of leading the elves. So it that's not too big of a jump for me. Uh, but John, you yes, said you I'm John. Watching, you are John. You said you were watching for Diablo stuff, <clears> and <throat> a lot of people expected them to announce Diablo four this year. Like that was the kind of like no brainer because it's been I think four or five years since we actually got Diablo three. Uh, uh, yeah, they I w- wound up announcing something completely different though. Yeah, uh, a phone game <laughs> yeah. that I I probably won't play. Uh, but no, I mean I was hoping for something from. Um, they announced a little bit ago that they were going to have a cartoon, so I was hoping maybe character designs on the for the cartoon. Uh, not I was series. hoping for either yeah. Diablo Four because they said they have other Diablo projects in the pipeline. Even DLC content. I mean, I have. I just we An got the Reaper of Souls. Something, something for that. Because Diablo two had two expansions. So why no, shouldn't no, Diablo, Diablo three? Only, Diablo two only had the one. Did it only have the one? Yeah, it was just the. Uh, and we kind of have. There is kind of two for Diablo three. Hmm. Um, the Crusader one doesn't give you too much besides the character and a couple little things. <laughs> but yeah, I was hoping for more of that because. Uh, I got my wife hooked on it, and it was something we spent, um, like, an entire summer in the evenings sitting in front of the TV. Touch co-op style? Play, yeah, playing together. Just nice. uh, um, 
Did you eat all the food like you always did in Gauntlet, you son of a gun? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. The wizard needs food. You as the barbarian eats all the food. <laughs> I gotta keep my health up. I'm sorry. I got well, to the food first. I'm kind of sad you're not looking forward to this, John, because uh, this is Diablo Immortal. It is a action role-playing game that's going to be available on mobile devices or platforms. Uh, and this actually is kind of like Diablo 2.5 because it takes place five years after Diablo 2, but before Diablo 3 kind of bridging those stories. Um, a lot of the classes are returning. We have your wizard, demon hunter, barbarian, necromancer, monk. Uh, I don't remember. I think there was like a sixth one too. Um, uh, is Decker Kane around? Because, you know, yeah, he'll, stay a while. Yeah. he'll still be alive in this one because he was killed in three, so they stay would be uh, missing out if they don't put him in it. <clears throat> right. Well, who's going who's gonna to tell you what your secret weapon is? Yeah. Who's going to uh, give I'd probably, when it comes out, if I have a phone that's able to run it, I probably would try it and play mm-hmm. it. Uh, how long I play it, I don't know. It probably. So how, how long did he stick, with, uh, stick around with on uh, Hearthstone? I'd get in. I'd get into moods, and I'd play, 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 and then I'd not play it for months, and then I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll pick would, it up again." And then would I'll you play, be play, happy play. with that with a Diablo experience, though? Because isn't that how you kind of play Diablo? Yeah, like, console. I, yeah, well, I, I just don't want to be like on my phone, and like, I if I'm going to play a game, I want to be able to like uh, pay attention. Well, play it while I watch TV or something like that. Where this, I feel like I'm just going to be. Click, 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 click. Oh, if on you're the on phone. the phone, a phone experience game well, is I, different than a. Okay. It's going to be different, but it it is an action RPG. So if they're able to bring their story and just that kill and loot fun gameplay into this, I think it's something that'll keep me playing. But if it's just uh, like run around, hack and slash, oh, pay like an extra dollar now to get more crystals so you can keep running around, hacking and slashing stuff. I don't think I'm going to get through it, but if they can deliver even something similar like to Diablo 2, like I will be on board with this game. And if they start coming out with like pay for expansions, I might I might even be in on it. But it's going to be tough to say. Like they don't really have a release uh, release date information about it yet. I did sign up and like pre register to get like that info. So if they do have like a bait or something, I can try to get into it. But I'm just happy for more Diablo. Mm. Yeah. Um, another um, thing. Go ahead. Um, no, did you have something about Diablo? No, I, I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm looking more forward to more Diablo news. That's it. Well, because this, I mean, Diablo Immortals coming out from Blizzard, but then they're also teaming up with another, like a mobile developer. I think it was called like NetTees or something. So it is possible that they could still be working on an actual Diablo 4 that will maybe have announced something like Gamecom or something. But something else that kind of was announced that was surprising was Warcraft 3 Reforged, which is a remake of the original Warcraft 3, but with updated graphics. Same gameplay, same story, same mechanics. They've just completely gone over from the ground up to retell the story. And... I played Warcraft 3 like years ago uh, when it came out. I remember enjoying it. Beyond that, I don't know if this is something I 
would pick up unless it was on sale for like 30 bucks. They did announce the price going to be like 40. Yeah. Which isn't bad. Well, but that's the pre-order with the bonuses too. Like it'll be, they'll drop the price. Like you have a standard edition. If they they drop the price or have it available for free, like they did with destiny Two, uh, (laughs) I, I might, I might check it out. Yeah, I, I'm not jumping on the Destiny bandwagon just because I, I I know I would download it and then never play it, and I have enough of those games. Uh, I played a little bit of D, uh, Destiny 2. I, I just couldn't get into it. Since then, it's uh, available for free right now, all you need to do is have like the Blizzard launcher installed on your computer, and you can go on, download it for free until November 18th. It's a big file, so I'm, I'm downloading it like in chunks like here and there. I think I have like 15 gigs left to get. Um I'll check it out. I mean, it's free. I have nothing to lose from it. So if I'm into it, cool. Uh, it might be something I play until I bridge the gap for the new World Warcraft patch that's coming out in December, uh, December 11th. If not, I don't know. Like, why not? I don't know. I, uh, you guys never played StarCraft. No. So you guys didn't get StarCraft. Uh, I, I, did, I did play StarCraft. I downloaded starcraft 2 because that was available for free mm-hmm. on launch i haven't played it though yeah i couldn't get into starcraft 2 i never got into world warcraft 3 just because the muppets that would come up and talk to you and it was so hero driven where you had to take the hero around and level them up i'm like this isn't my rts from because i played the original warcraft i played uh, command and conquer i played dune like i'm an old school rts kind of fan um and then Warcraft three came out, and it just was a little. It was a little bit of a bridge too far. But now I'm so into the story of World of Warcraft, and like I feel like I missed out on a lot of the characters and a lot of the nuance because everything about um, Arthas is from Warcraft three. Yeah, basically, like, Warcraft three was developed at the same time as they were developing the World of Warcraft MMO. So a lot of those story threads were kind of woven through the game to lead up to World yeah. of Warcraft. So, so I've been so as I played World of Warcraft, I've tried like three different times to go back and play Warcraft three because I, you know, of course I own it, but uh, I just can't get past those Muppet heads that come and talk to you. It just yeah. looks so bad, and I'm like, ah, well, maybe an update, maybe maybe this time will be different with the uh, Reforge. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't pre-purchased it yet because, like you said, Chris, it is a little bit more expensive than I thought it would be, um, because the Starcraft remastered it was only 20 bucks and I'm like oh 20 bucks yeah for that game again even though I own it and I know it's not on the launcher but I put in the code back in the day on battle.net so I could download it with whenever I want and play it like so I just re-up you know like 20 bucks for a graphics update cool and I don't need to do anything weird with my machine you know running you know an yeah. older version of Windows and stuff like that so yeah, this is uh, this is a complete rebuild of the original game, so I can understand the higher price point for it because they've completely redone everything, even the cinematics. They have four hours of brand new cinematic content for oh, okay. this version of the game. So the amount of love and detail they put into it, even like we were just talking about with the Lost Honor cinematic, I'm I'm excited for it, but not so much to spend forty bucks. Uh, Something that I won't have to pay for, which is cool, though, is the World of Warcraft Classic that was also announced coming out summer of 2019. It will be included in your monthly World of Warcraft 
subscription. So you won't have to pay anything extra for it. I think that kind of makes me more likely to check it out. I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it, but Mm -hmm. since I'm already pretty much paying for it, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't really have too much to say. I'm sorry. That's okay. We got the uh, Diablo stuff in too early. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all I got. So whatever else you have. Uh, uh we have uh Ewan McGregor being cast in uh Birds of Prey movie, which is gonna be rated R. So weird. Uh I do enjoy the casting of Ewan McGregor. Uh the times that he's gotten to play a bad guy, he usually does a really good job at playing a bad guy. Um, so you give him free reign to be a total sadistic nightmare. I think he can pull off a black mask pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and then I burped into the microphone. <laughs> I'm I'm cautiously looking forward to this movie. I like the characters that they're bringing into it. I like Ewan McGregor. He's one of the best parts of the Star Wars prequels. I'm sad we might not be getting that Obi-Wan Kenobi movie ever, but I'm more likely to check this out than I am most of the other stuff from the DC Cinematic Universe so far. It would definitely come down to the previews, you know, the trailers that come out, what we hear from it. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, if it looks good and the character designs are nice for, for all those characters... Yeah, I think the the thing that's ho- one of the big things that's holding me back is that it, this is a Harley Quinn yeah. vehicle, and I absolutely do not believe that it should be. Uh, do do Gotham City Sirens team her up with Poison Ivy, make that movie, but Harley in Birds of Prey, Birds with of Bat- Prey, Batwoman, uh, Batgirl, yeah. just doesn't Huntress. work for me. Yeah, I don't get it. I understand Harley Quinn and. Margot Robbie, where are you know those? That was the thing. Everybody came out of that movie being like, "Oh, they were great! It was so much fun." I still haven't seen Suicide Squad, and I don't like Hot Pants Harley. Like, I don't. That's a different character than what we had. I think we're going to get a different character redesign because I know Margot Robbie wasn't thrilled with her outfit for that, and everything was so fast paced, being like. I mean, character design. The the writer had what like a month and a half to write the script and yeah. get pre production ready. So I think you'll definitely see maybe a new character design for her. That'll be good, because and hopefully a better arc for her too. Because I you know I haven't seen the movie, so it's all pre judgment. But it's so an informed pre judgment, though. Yeah, I don't like it. I get it. Was there, uh, was there anything else you guys had? Uh, there's one thing I just saw. I forgot to mention it in uh, pre-show talk. Was uh, We got our first look at uh, Henry Cavill as Geralt the Witcher. And the internet is... All the internet is doing is saying how much he looks like uh, Lambert is Raiden in Mortal Kombat with his oh. white wig. Ooh, I, okay, I... I haven't played the Witcher games. We've talked about this before. So this is kind of on the periphery of my attention span. So I have to look it up quick then. Uh, here, I'll send it, from, send it right uh, to Highlander? you right now. From the Highlander? Yeah. yeah. He was raiding in the Mortal Kombat. He was raiding in the first one. He's just a guy wearing a white, a white long-haired <laughs> wig. 
And the the teaser picture we've gotten is just shadowy picture of him wearing. Yeah, I saw the picture and I'm like, okay, yeah, it kind of looks like Geralt. I don't know Jerry. why they just didn't have. I would him call have him Jerry. Semi longer hair, mm-hmm. not put him in a wig and just dye it white so it looks more real. Because like, after his see. mustache fiasco, he doesn't want to do anything with any hair ever again. <laughs> he's like, put me in wig. Well, now put a he's fake in one wig, on. Now he's in Wiggate. 2018. Yeah, he'd rather that because at least now, if he goes to another need to, to shoot something else, he can just take off the wig. If he had to dye that hair, oh. Hey, the fact that uh, like Marvel can age and de-age characters where it actually looks pretty good, <laughs> and also like Star Wars is recreating dead people for the movies. That okay, yeah, you can tell it's a little CGI, but still, you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's him. The fact that Warner Brothers couldn't take out a mustache that doesn't look asinine and ridiculous, that's on them. Because a guy did it with a home computer and a program that came pre-installed, and it looked better. <laughs> that's, that is on them. But I'm just saying that he's gun-shy about changing his hair and his mustache now, or and any kind of hair. He hasn't uh, shaved his back because of it, the whole fiasco, since then. It, Just in case. I can see the comparisons to uh, Mortal Kombat's Raiden. Like, it's it's there. It's not bad looking. But, again, I'm not familiar enough with uh, the source material to make a judgment on it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fine. It is, it is what it is. Uh... But I'm still looking forward to the Witcher show. Uh, this is Netflix, right, or is this Samsung? This is uh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll do a good job because it's uh, the Witcher is a universal uh, character, not just in the video games, but the the um, I want to say Scandinavian books. It's it's huge. There's already been movies made of the Witcher uh, in Scandinavia because it's such a huge wow. a huge thing. So. They almost feel like this is going to have to really be big production because this will be universally watched. It just won't be, a, hey, we're releasing a video game uh, TV show to the United States. This is going to be something that everybody's going to want to watch. I didn't realize that it was that uh, big of a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's huge. Huge. Uh, I've read something- uh, two of the books. They're, they're really good. And having played, I've only played Witcher 3, having played that game series and then reading the books, um, they're just great. I, it's a book series that I would just continue to read. Uh, something we talked about briefly before the show for the news, uh, this kind of reminds me of it though because it's something to do with streaming. We talked about the Star Wars Mandalorian show that's going to be debuting on the Disney Play streaming service from uh, John Favreau. We also received news that the unannounced but strongly rumored and everyone knew they were going to do a Boba Fett movie has been canceled over at Lucasfilm because they do want to focus more on The Mandalorian. Uh, This show has a $100 million budget for 10 episodes. We've talked about the people that they have directing it before. Uh, Really pulling out the stops for it. Well, I think, too, when you're going to be launching that Mm-hmm. streaming thing you need to put the money into it to make sure people are going to go and watch it uh and i think having a 10 million dollar 
episode budget. Yeah. I mean, it, it does it. For everything you need to put in to make sure that the show looks great, this is a huge flagship mm-hmm. franchise. You put Star Wars on it, you don't want to turn out crap. Hey, you look at uh, Rome from HBO. That was over a million dollars per episode. I'm not sure how much... Uh nowadays uh game of thrones costs but that has millions of dollars it's millions of dollars per episode so if you want to be competing with that like entertainment dollar for that's what people expect now for that big bombastic you know geeky series you know you you want that uh we didn't actually Uh, talk about a pre-show either but guys we got uh loki and scarlet witch plus now maybe Falcon and uh, oh, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier yeah. team up show. Man, this Disney uh, streaming service, which I'm still not convinced is going to be called Play. Uh, I- I'm very interested in uh, in picking it up. More I'm, more, than- I'm more likely to spend the seventy five dollars if they ask for that upfront for this than I am the the DC one. It's seventy five bucks for DC. Yep, seventy. We talked about this before the show. It's seventy five dollars. One oh five. John lied to me. I just show. threw out what I thought. I didn't. No, yeah, it's it's seventy five dollars for the year up front. Okay. Like you you can't pay by month, but if you do the math, it works out to being about eight dollars a month. Um, yeah, all all up front seventy five dollars. I still haven't seen too much from DC that would make me want to pay for that. But just these shows alone, I'd probably be more than willing to spend that for uh, the, if the- uh, Disney one. Plus, whatever else they come out with, like they've already said, they're going to be having other uh, content that's created just for it, based off of stuff like High School Musical, Monsters Inc. Uh, they're doing a documentary about the women that actually worked in the Disney feature animation ink and paint department. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which, if I can get more stuff about just the history of the company and animation, which is something that I really love, like that's that's fantastic too. Like. We talked briefly, uh, John and I, about the uh, Masters of the Universe documentary that came out on Netflix recently. I really enjoyed watching it. It wasn't anything earth-shattering. Like I don't feel like I learned a ton about Masters of the Universe from it. But I really had a good time kind of going back to that and seeing the people that had talked about making it and stuff like the toys that made us. Mm-hmm. I, I like getting more information about the things that I dig. Yeah, uh, I don't know what DC needs to do right now to make me want to purchase that. I know you get all the classic movies, but I think I own all those classic movies that I want to watch anyways. Uh, The old Batman 66, you know, I kind of would like to be able to at any time, like, load it up and just, like, watch a few of those episodes, like, actually in order. Because there's so many of them that are just cliffhangers, and when I watch them on like the telev- you know, on television on reruns now, they don't play them in order. It's like tune in the next time, same bad time, same bad channel, and then they play the next one, and it's not. They the don't do it episode. for you. Yeah, so I'm so annoyed. I just want to see Vincent Price's Eggman. <laughs> How's he going to get out of this one with King Tut? <laughs> Something in his utility belt. Yeah, that's what it always was. Wasn't Calendar Man created just... It was a character created for the... Well, Eggman was. Eggman was? I don't know. Oh, Clock King was there too? Harley Quinn was for the animated series. No, I know that. Anywho. Yeah. Is that Uh, news? Because I can talk about my next beer. Talk about it. Yeah, go for it. 
Let's talk about that. Hey, that's from Red and Link. Yeah. Uh, so I am drinking from Two Roads and... You're drinking from a glass. Don't lie to them. From Two Roads and Aslan, this is called Under the Wire, a hazy Indian IPA, 5.5%. Uh, this is a nice, easy drinking. Um, uh, it's 5.5%, yeah. basically a session beer. Uh, but is that why it's called flavor. Under the Wire? It might be. Um, but this is, it's a nice, it's refreshing. It's got a good citrus uh, with a little bitter to it. Not super overpowering. You need maybe to take I some more a, sips. Maybe you still I got more sips. Because I'm like, no, I'm just getting full up resin. I'm just getting like that resiny kind of like coat your tongue. You need, kind of yeah, thing. I can take a few more sips out of it. Because it. it does have a nice little citrusy. It's like a pithy kind of grapefruity. Yeah, it's, it's all pith. Uh, which oh, is nice uh, for base. I mean, if you think about it, it's it's a session beer, and for that, for that, it's a nice. It's so full of flavor for a session. Yeah. I, I'll say it's it's got that big mouth, like it washes over you that that bitterness, that resiny. That yeah, now I get more citrus pith than resin, but um, there's nothing. It's not. It's good. But there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing heroes. exceptional about it. Yeah, it's just a nice drinking beer. Uh, I would. You know, I still want too juicy from from uh, to roads more than that. And they also, they they have a session on their own that I enjoy. Uh, uh, Little Heaven, Little Heaven, yeah, which is which I remember as being good. I don't think I've had it in a while because if I pick up a two roads, it's too it juicy. Is good, but pick up, uh, make sure it's nothing that was brewed in August or September because oh. there was a recall on those. Oh. Uh, don't stock them beer stores. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's a nice drinking beer. I have, I have no complaints. I guess my complaint would be more flavor, but when you think about a f- five and a half, basically a session IPA, this, this works. You mm-hmm. can't go wrong. I don't know. I, I think sessions, there's so many of them out there and there's so many good ones. Like all day IPA, like I'd be, it's not as flavorful, but that price point, 18 sure. pack for like it's like a well, dollar a, a piece. It's a fifteen pack. It's a fifteen pack for eighteen dollars for sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong. But it also, I mean, yeah, it's, when, just, it's a great fridge beer, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, absolutely. But also, it's if when you go from if you drank this and then you drank an all day or you or vice versa, mm-hmm. you would say, "Wow, the flavor in this." Right, but I don't know. I'm just saying, price point wise. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, we're getting food. <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, the price point, how, how much did that cost? It's a four-pack, right? Yeah, but I I run a beer shop, so I yeah. was able just to bring it. I, brought, I know. Brought it home. I'm just saying, like, man, you can get those. Like, when I get a session, I'm not I'm not really, I, I want it to be good. I want it to taste good, but I want that low ABV so I can kind of have a mellow, easy drinking day. And I can get that from all day IPA for like a dollar per bottle or do- dollar per can. Yeah, and I think I think when you're looking for a session beer that you're going to be ultimately like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be pounding through these. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's perfect. You don't want to pay a big price. Yeah. But if you're having something like, oh, like today, if we didn't do curmudgeon and we, I have three New England IPAs in there, mm-hmm. this would be a great beer to start with. Okay. And then we have a 6.7. And then mm-hmm. we have the double that's 8. And then we have this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good start beer for... Uh, a 
big drinking day. For a, for a drinking day. Okay. For a podcast day. For anything. There's nothing wrong with this beer. And that's all I'm trying to say. I'm saying the only thing that could be wrong with this beer is the price point, but we don't know that price point. Uh, price point is fourteen ninety nine for a four pack. For a four pack, I can pick up how many yeah. more beers for a dollar more? Yeah, no, for sessions. I, okay. I agree for okay, a session. Thank you. I think this beer tastes better than all, all day. day. You're right. It has more going on. Than yeah, all day. I will admit that. And I agree. I agree <laughs> okay. with you that for. A time to sit down and really pound through a bunch of beers. Uh-huh. All day is the beer you take to the picnic where you're going <laughs> to pound through them. It's yeah. hot and yeah. whatever. I'm just saying, for this beer, it is a good tasting beer. It's a good pale ale. It, I wouldn't want to see. I wouldn't want to call it a session. I would want to call it a pale, even though it's an IPA. Um, that's all I'm saying. Chris agrees. That's Chris all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying. Price point support. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying. Is for November 7th, 2018. I'm going to be picking up a book from Colin Bunn in Boom Studios. Colin Bunn's going back to the well where uh, he's already done a miniseries, and I can't figure out where I have this saved. Now I do, and I'm going to be uh, reading number one from The Empty Man. Uh, Empty Man is a series that he wrote back in 2014. Chris told me that pre-show. And this... Wait, wait. How do you say 14? 14! Thank you. Uh, And this is... uh, The Empty Man is a virus that causes people uh, to go uh, insane and completely violent. And they have camps now where they send these people who have the disease... And this is about a family whose um, daughter has gotten the empty man disease, and they are trying to protect her because when you go to this camp, you're never seen from again. And uh, that's what this book is about. It's an ongoing series. I'm going to give it a run. I'm going to give it a, a one, maybe two episode or issue try. I don't know how I could be there for the entire run of a series. Um Colin Bunn's a guy who got me at Six Gun, one of my favorite series. Read it to the end. That was an ongoing series that I can get behind. This just doesn't totally grab me. No, it, it sounds interesting. Uh, we'll probably check it out for the uh, trading policy, or not trading policy, but the the monthly look back, though. So, I, It's been a while since I've read a horror book. It's been a while since I've read anything from Colin Bunn, so... Uh, I'll check this out with you, John. Thank you. I'm not interested. I didn't know. I didn't know if Paul was still eating or not. That's why I was trying to fill some space. Ah, I was, and I turned it. I still have one hot dog left. Uh, I'm looking forward to a uh, book that is controversial for the podcast. Apparently, I'm looking forward to the Green Lantern number one, written by uh, Grant Morrison, art by Liam Sharp. I, I'm really liking uh, Liam Sharp's look for this. It harkens back to this classic 70s, like Silver Age, Bronze Age book for the the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. You guys are like, no, this is not the voice that Green Lantern should have. But man, sometimes when Grant Morrison gets onto a character and tries to take him back to his roots, it works. Like, look at Action Comics with Superman when he's that, you know, boots-wearing guy first coming out. 
And I'm excited to see that kind of take on a Green Lantern book. Like, get him back to being a space cop. Like, get him back to just being out there, sling- being a ring slinger. Yeah, but we you read a panel from this last week, and we all talked about how bad it looks. It looked fun-ish? I don't mm, know. It, for me, it really doesn't. Um, I have no problem with them taking Hal Jordan back to being like the space cop, or even as it says on the cover for this, intergalactic lawman. I'm, Which is a great I, tagline. I don't Earth know. Man bringing uh, justice to the stars. Sounds so good. I think you turned your mic off. No, no it's not. It's back uh, on again. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Green Lantern fan. I don't think I'll be picking this up. I'm okay with reading the first one for a look back, but it doesn't seem like something I want to keep up on. I'm just glad that I've kind of paced myself, I'll say, on the other Green Lantern books that were coming out currently. Uh, so I do have a couple months of back catalog that I can pick up to kind of scratch that itch. Because this go. does not seem like a, a Green Lantern book that I'm going to be behind. I have no problems with other stuff from Grant Morrison where he did have this approach, like Extra Comics or All-Star Superman. Like, All-Star Superman's fantastic. Even his Batman stuff where he introduced Damien, I really enjoy those arcs. This I is- really enjoyed that because we all knew that Damien was destined to die. <laughs> it was oh, like... Did- oh, is he? He He's was. Back. He's he back be, in a big way. I know. He shouldn't be back. He should be dead. I, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, you know, years ago, but mm-hmm. he's he brings a great dynamic to the Bat family of characters. They, him and Jason Todd are kind of just those upstarts that, you know, like to shake the bee jar. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about this, though. We'll see, though. I, Who knows? I could come the out. The biggest thing I have uh, against it right now is the five, uh, $4.99 price point. Yeah. You know how many beers I could buy with that money? (laughs) Well, it depends. Are you buying a uh, all-day IPA or something else? (laughs) Yeah. What's nice, too, is, like, for, like, $2.99, you can get a stovepipe can of (laughs) all-day. It's, like, three cans in one. (laughs) Chris, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to a book coming out from... Uh, Marvel Comics, and this is Star Wars Han Solo Imperial Cadet Number One. This is written by Robbie Thompson, who we've gotten over on the Spider-Man family of stuff, things like Sil, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. He did Captain Marvel, or I'm sorry, Miss Marvel. Uh, he's such a lot of books that have actually been enjoyable to read. Art by Leonard Kirk, who last thing I saw was the X-Factor book that came out a few years ago. I can't remember the name because it wasn't X Factor. Maybe it was X Factor. I don't know, but he's not a bad artist. Uh, I really enjoyed watching Solo. I'm cool with seeing young Han Solo as an Imperial cadet and just him trying to adjust to this life that he just kind of had to throw himself into out of necessity. Uh, it's a Star Wars number one. I'm always going to pick him up. I'm always going to read him, and I I think this one might be kind of a fun read. You know, if it's swashbuckling adventure in the stars, yeah. If it's him learning how to polish his boots correctly and then being yelled at, because I could see it going that way, or it just gets fed up by the regiment of the intergalactic galactic empire uh, 
Academy eh, that I might have problems with. Because, uh, you know, Space Sherlock, what was that book that we read? About uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, mm-hmm. th- you know, that kind of bored me a little bit because it was all about manipulation, manipulating the higher powers and all that. Jazz. I thought we all liked Thrawn. It was okay, but I wouldn't want to stick on it. Like, it was a good book for a single issue to, like, get a taste of who that character is, but did any of us stick to it? Thrawn, uh, we're talking about. I pick up the Star Wars books in trade mostly besides the number okay. ones just to check them out. So, well, I haven't kept up on it. It's definitely something that I will grab eventually. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I can see it going that way. That yeah, it's uh, an interesting first read, but we'll we'll kind of forget about it. Maybe we'll pick up it, pick it up and trade. Maybe we'll Yeah, I, I think this one is definitely gonna be more one of those Star Wars spin-off books that I pick up just to have something for the look back, just so we can read it and talk about it. It's not gonna be like Star Wars or Vader. Or even something like the Lando book. I really enjoyed that one too, that I pick up in the trade because it's like, yeah, I want more of this story. I'm cool with getting just like that that initial taste for it. We'll see them. Talking about getting a taste for something. We'll get a dramatic reading. The Bagnum Boardcast proudly presents a dramatic reading from Scooby Apocalypse, issue 28, page 19, panel 2. Oh, now I get it. You've got a death wish. That's why you're out here. You're hoping one of those beasties will shred you like a cheese in a grater. Really? Mutated psychopath puppy is actually trying to analyze me? And that was a dramatic reading from Scooby Apocalypse, issue 28, page 19, panel 2. I don't know how to do... I don't know how to do Scrappy-Doo if he's not saying puppy power. That was really good, though. (laughs) I don't remember what he sounds like. Mm Mm-hmm. We should have, in your head, been like, Puppy power! Yeah, that's, that's yeah. How, exactly how you should have that's, that's how you did it. You did, you did it, it well. And we're going to go into our next beer. This is another collab. This is Dank Sinatra from Pressure Drop Brewing with a collab with Knee Deep Brewing. Uh, with this beer, can you go home again? I think you can. Uh, Pressure Drop's brewer uh, and owner former brewer for Knee Deep. They've gone back uh, collab with the people who have taken over the brewing process over there. And this is a very nice yeah. New England IPA for 6%. Hey! So for five point, for point five percent more, I get all this juiciness and all this great richness? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. And um, for what's the price of this? Uh, pretty much the same price, I believe. Yeah, so... Just saying. What's nice is like this. It's one of those New England that are so there's so much left in the beer from mm-hmm. those hot particles and everything. It's almost got like this licorice, black licorice kind of anisey, okay, tongue dance that you mm-hmm. get with that juiciness on the back end. And uh, yeah, this is this is very very nice. Yeah, it's a nice juiciness, but it, then it does come with that piffy bitterness at the back end. I wouldn't call it licorice, but... I, 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 if I you think black saying. licorice when you take the sip, let me, let me know what you think. I'm sorry, I'm swallowing, so... Um, okay, I can... 
almost get there, but it's not anisey. It's it's not, not anisey. It's that black licorice, and it's not black licorice to me. I you think mm. kind of anisey. Yeah, no, no, I, it, they're very close on the flavor palette for me as well. But I don't know. Kate makes uh, anise cookies like for Christmas every year, so. Like that is something that I'm kind of honed into, and I'm not getting that, man. I'm not getting. I'm getting piffiness. I'm getting rind. I'm getting not not quite resin, but like okay. But if that's what you're getting, that's what you're getting, man. Yeah, that's what I'm just. I'm trying to that bitterness on there. I'm trying to mm-hmm. put a. You're trying a, to put a pin on it. Yeah, I'm trying to pin it down. You're trying to go to a map and be like, hey, maybe it makes a uh, maybe it makes a pattern. And uh, Chris, I'm sending you a picture of this beer because it just, it straight up looks like orange juice again. It's one of those nice beers. Mm-hmm. More, but, more uh, than hazy. More than, it's more, it is definitely more than hazy. It's an IPA that the light does not shine through. Oh, wow. yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll get us into Are our. Are you sure you're not drinking orange juice? I... Even like the residue on the, like, the glass looks pulpy. It does. Uh, the, the, the taste is pulpy, uh, but no, I am not, uh, Dank Sinatra, kind of a, a fun, you have a Frank Sinatra, a green zombie-esque Frank Sinatra singing into a, uh, microphone. See, I'm not getting Dank on this, like, Redank, Redankulous from Founders. Like, the I'm red like, IPA? That red IPA where I'm like, oh, okay, this is Dank, this is, I, I understand what they're going for, that wet hop, like, flavor. Uh, this, I'm getting just kind of a, it's not quite a big juice bomb because there is that bitterness interplayed. So it's not that overly passion fruit. That, that danky, I think, is that licorice taste that I'm mm. having, that bitterness. Maybe, and maybe I think I'm that's where they it. get it from. But also just a good name. I was going to skip it's it. It's a pretty good name. I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, ah, I don't really want a dank IPA. Yeah. So, but now that I've had it, I'm like, yes, please. I, I shall have that. So, uh, hey. I'm sending you Chris too. Just uh, sorry, listeners, uh, but I'm sending Chris the the logo on the can too because it's a it's a good like Frank Frank Sinatra, a Frankenstein Sinatra. Yeah, it's a zombie Frank Sinatra with but, zombie Paul, you got a book to tell us about. Yes, this is uh the Man of Steel, the first issue written uh which was teased in that uh, zero issue that we all read. Um, this is Brian Wish Michael. We got a better fight scene between the monster and Superman and Supergirl. Uh, right. So this kind of bridges has that uh, all the setup and all the nuance that you want from a Bendis book. This is the first. Uh, we're reading the first six issues, actually the full miniseries, uh, and then it goes into Superman and also Action Comics. But uh, Superman is the book that Bendis is writing as well. Uh, this is the. F- this is by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Ivan Reese did the first issue. I'm not quick enough on my phone to load up all the artist I, names. Uh, I Ryan have everything Sook available. On, oh, Ryan Sook on the second, on the third. Um, go ahead, Chris. Who right, did the... So over over on the first one, we have Ivan Rice with Jason Fabic. On number two, we're going to have Jason Fabic with Evan Channer and Steve Rude. Number three, we're going to have Ryan Sook and Jason Fabic. Number four will be Jason Fabic and Kevin McGuire. Number five, Jason Fabic, Adam Hughes. And then number six, all by Jason Fabic. Um, the books are kind of two stories in ones where it's like what's going on currently, but then there's also flashbacks to what's been happening with Clark, Lois, and Jonathan at home. 
Um, all those flashback parts are from Jason Fabic. All the current them fighting against the new baddie is from whatever other artist is on that issue at the time. Uh, you know, I enjoyed this book. I thought it was a good balance. It, it was a weekly book. We kind of read it as a trade. Um, I think reading it as going back and looking through it as a trade, uh, I think it kind of suffered from those flashbacks a little bit. Agreed. Because you're like, no, I, we're reading the same words over and over again because Superman's doing something and it kind of reminds him of that like argument that he had with Lois or that moment that he was having with Lois. Well, the, yeah, it took yeah. it took a long time before you realize like, it was three it issues three issues before you see why it's. Dad, oh. what is that? Get behind me, Lois. And mm-hmm. you just keep seeing that for three issues. And then you finally see that it's Jorel who is alive? I, yeah, that, that I, I, I don't didn't know about. It. I don't know where that came from. And there's really not a lot in this to kind of explain that. I mean, I, I'm okay with reading a comic book and being like, okay, well, I don't Somehow. know where this is coming from, but I, I can understand what's what the consequences and reactions to it are as it's happening. Somehow, I know that I've missed something. Mm -hmm. And you're just, like, accepting of that fact. Except the whole point of this book is this monster, uh, Rogel, 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 Zool, whatever. That's as as close as I could probably pronounce it. Rogel, Zool, uh, who was a sanctioned Black Sop guy from the Green Lantern Corps and these other... Whoever, like, the rulers of the universe are. Yeah, yeah, because... Or protectors. it's, It's... Bendis going back to the Illuminati, you know, like, kind of trope where it's uh, one of the guardians, uh, one of the elites, the head scientist, the supreme from uh, Ron, uh, the sentient diamond creature that rules over 42 sectors, you know, a bunch of the big headwigs in the universe uh, all kind of use this guy to kind of do black ops. You know, he's a creature of he's, war. Uh, the, uh, he's, they're mentioned he's killed millions of people. Yeah. And he chose to destroy Krypton. Is that somebody you want to fuck with? Like, yeah. And that's not Gareth? 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 I don't think Gantheth? that's... Gantheth? I don't no. know if that's a named... Uh, the, uh, he says, like, Ali, Uli... As, it's like uh, Asif, Asol, Ali. Like, it's a name that I recognize from reading Green Lantern comics before. Okay. Where it came from, I don't recall though. But he's a character that's been in the, the Green Lantern family books and the DC Universe proper previously. Which I'm assuming all these other characters have been, but I don't read enough of the cosmic DC stuff to recognize them. So they've been using this guy, and uh, he's like, no, the biggest threat to the universe are Kryptonians. They're going to be a plague upon us all if we don't shut them down now. And uh, there's a little bit of a thing where whether or not he actually causes a destruction of Krypton, which I don't enjoy. And he kind of reminds me too much of um, the other big issue I have is he reminds me too much of that bounty hunter that rides on a motorcycle. Lobo? Lobo. He looks, when he showed up on that motorcycle, like, I'm I thought like, the same thing. I'm like, like Lobo, because he's got the skull belt. Too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, this is Bendis being upset that Lobo got turned into an emo kid, and he's giving us another Lobo that's just full up evil. Just non-stop. Or not evil, but non-stop. Like, he's not a character. He's just a... He's a... Ways he's, to a meme. Yeah, and he's a stronger character 
he's, than mm-hmm. than Superman. He's created just to fulfill this one storyline beat. And you don't he's get the reason. You don't get the reason why he's doing this. Like in Thor with uh, the God Killer, yeah, you get no, a reason. And even in that issue, when you have that issue, and it kind of the the everything the story's been building to stops when you get that story arc of why he's doing it. Yeah. You still get a reason why he's doing it, and then you can understand this character is just a plot point. There's yeah. nothing about him. Are we going to see that in the continuation of this thing where he's trying to find what that symbol means and Supergirl goes off to figure it out? I don't know, but that's the thing this book was missing was I want I'd like to know why this villain hates Krypton, even if a couple panels, mm-hmm. you know, he, it, it just would make some you want better to have a reason to know why this guy is on this mission. This this Terminator, this unstoppable mm-hmm. beast is doing that. Yeah, and even just the it, history of what he's done for those guys without a, a line from... They, they tell us. They don't show us anything yeah. about this character. Which but is even then, if they one of them had even shown story. us, it's just them building up a character to be like, no, he's, he's more powerful than Superman. So now that gives weight to Superman's fight. And that, I, I, it took away from the book for me because it's like he needed someone that would just happen to be stronger than Superman to have it be this character that he mm-hmm. has to fight against, not just battle, but he's like, not just an antithesis of Superman, but he's he's just there to be a bigger badass that Superman has to be like, oh no, how am I, how am I going to fight this guy? He's a character that's designed to solve a problem, which is there's too many Kryptonians in the DC universe to call Superman the last son of Krypton. Oh, and he's going to solve it by destroying the bottle city of Kandor. Cool. But then within the same story beat, you reintroduce Jor-El. Yeah. (laughs) Which is... Which drives me bonkers, because then you would think that this guy, who says, just like I told your father, Jor-El... I'm going to destroy Krypton. You would think he would be having a what? What did uh, Kevin Smith call it? In because he couldn't say a hard on, a mad on, a mad on. He would have a mad on for killing uh, Durrell. You know, it's just uh, and he would be going after that guy. It's not a bad book. It's I mean I did enjoy reading it. Besides, it's just kind of like a hacky villain just created to be a villain. Mm-hmm. The constant flashbacks to the flashback that you've already read half of this conversation, and now you're going to get a couple panels of something new that furthers it, and then the next issue, you're going to see all that stuff again, a couple panels to further it. It's a lot of just going back to what had been done before. The strength of this book, really, is Superman being Superman, and then the family stuff. Superman being a fun Superman. I yeah. really like ben- Bendis' actual take on Superman, how he interacts with Jonathan. And he's like, you know, and whatever Batman is underneath that cowl. You know, when he's talking about, yeah. like, you know, you got to realize, you got to be your own person. You know, everybody f- faces this, you know, so-and-so faces it, this person, you know, just because we're Kryptonian. I like him being jokey. I like him, his interactions with Supergirl. I wish Supergirl was a little bit more fleshed out. And uh, yeah. and even the the Batman line of uh, when the politest man in the world leaves without saying goodbye, and he doesn't an, have time to say goodbye. Yeah. There's a good reason. There's a good reason. That's a great line. There's a lot of really good Superman stuff mm-hmm. in it. He does Superman really well, but it's 
It's bogged down. It's not a bad story, but it's got problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... And it feels like it's such a... There's too much weight on it being a jumping on point. And they're just trying to get this... Get the world set up in it. Like... Yeah. And get the problem set up in it. And the problem... You know... And even know. the... Well, I think all giving, of Giving Lois the suit. So that's why he's wearing the old mm-hmm. suit with the trunks. Like... I didn't even need that beat. I didn't... I well, just... I, all right, he's back okay in the same, with, his old suit. I was okay with that beat because it does just kind of answer the question of like, okay, well, why is he in the the old costume besides just the fact that people want the old costume back? It's literally just like two panels of that. Mm-hmm. That was and like, I okay, like, like that's, a, that's a fun, good explanation for it. I think okay. everything that we're talking about, we also have to take into account the fact that this is a weekly book, so... A lot of it seems just rush to rush it because there's almost a deadline for it. I haven't read any of the other Superman stuff to see how the handling of it's going now. But I feel like it just might be in the pacing where if you're getting this as a monthly story, it can be a little bit more spread out. It can breathe. It doesn't have to constantly be like, remember what happened in that last one? Yeah, you should because you read it a week ago. Like, I don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think Bendis probably had the story. Everything with this book was ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, he had time to plot out before he, with a weekly book before they really went to print because they were teasing this and saying that he was taking yeah, it over for a while. It seemed like it was six issues. It could have been five. Oh, uh, I would say it could probably be three. Yeah, I was. Wow. I'd say the same thing. You yeah, could, you could trim a lot. You can of this trim a lot I could of trim stuff. a lot of you the don't... flashbacky stuff out, but I would want to flesh it out with other things. Well, I, I think even if they had the flashback stuff that they had, but they didn't constantly go back to every the first, issue. You know, yeah, every issue. If it didn't yeah. constantly go back to every single issue, and they had just done like, okay, here's you know this story broken into three chunks, you could have easily gotten that. Basically, all the flashbacks are. Clark and Lois at home with Jonathan. Jor-El appears and says, like, hey, I'm going to take your kid away. We're going to go on a field trip. He's going to spend some time with Grandpa. He needs to learn about who he is. And Lois being like, okay, cool. I'll go, too. I do that like didn't that it's Superman distracted and you're getting to see Superman being distracted by it. But I feel like it, you know, like you're saying, yeah, we could have had it that way. But I would still want Superman it, to... It has some depth to it with the family having these moments where they mm-hmm. talk about it. Right. But you can, you can trim that down. You don't need Superman showing up in Coast City and having Green Lantern there and be like, hey, thanks thanks for stopping it. I, I had Wait, this. The Toy Man. But, but that, like that. that was and also then, something. Like It seemed like he just kind of wanted to play in that universe. It was like, okay, well now we're going to have this guest star, this guest villain in like each issue just to give him a chance to play in that universe when He'll have whatever opportunity or chance he wants to to do that over the next couple of years, or however long he's going to be writing this book. Because it's Brian Michael Bendis; like he can space out. Like he didn't have to shoot his wad all at once. And like you didn't need when Superman's knocked out, and then Green Lantern has him. But I did like that. You don't need that moment, mm-hmm. but I did like the moment where Green Lantern, protector of this sector, what happened? Like that police <laughs> yeah, officer yeah. coming in. I like that moment. But it's a moment that you could have trimmed. And you could also trim the Flash saying caca poo-poo yeah, like yeah. three times on a page. Because at that point, I was just, yeah, so it, like, it was is that Barry? That doesn't seem like Barry. No, it doesn't seem like Barry. But also, like, the Justice League showing up. And then, like, then that 
that panel with the flash going like, don't worry. I put out, I the, put fire. out the fire. You know, those are the fun beats that I actually enjoyed, and I would. I, those are the things that I would. There, there I would want the flashback I, I enjoyed the Hal Jordan showing yeah. up. Hey, spot, space cop in the sector. Mm-hmm. What happened? Those are all fun things I I I liked, but there are things that could have been trimmed out of this book that right. it. See, I would rather issues it, felt heavy for this. I, I felt like it could be five, and I would want to take out some of the flashbacks. I want to still keep it that Superman's distracted or is distracted during the fights, and he's kind of reminiscing about it. I don't know how you would do it without what Bendis did, because I think that was good. Like he's constantly being reminded because when you have a big fight with your family or there's a big thing going on with your family, like the little, little thing is going to set you off and you're going to be reliving that moment. Like, oh, I should have said it this way. I should have been more this way. You know, I should have gone with but, them. Um, yeah. But there's no problem with on you. him doing that as he's going around investigating these random fires that are popping up. Too like that are, can still keep that, but I don't have to that's see all happening in action now too. Well, was happening in action. I don't have to see three pages of each issue with two pages that I had previously because that's basically what it was boiling down to. It was just a lot of retreading those beats over and over again and I can have him thinking about that as he's doing what he's doing but it just at that point becomes just so cumbersome to the story because I'm going through reading it saying yes I have already read this I have already read this and how much was this per issue? Oh, I, uh, I don't know probably three ninety nine. Yeah, that's I won't be able to look at the price now because it says download or read. Uh, it It's not a bad book. The thing I like the most about this book is we're actually having a fun conversation about the book on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Where like last last time when I did my um, Velvet, it the, the conversation was like, no, we liked it. Yeah, <laughs> and that was like, that was it. We've actually got things to well, talk I, about I, with I this because there's do. there's. It's a, it's a, it was a, a decent read. Uh, I read, um, I refreshed myself on the first issue, um, kind of just scrolling through it, reading here or there, and then I read issue two, half of three last night, and then this morning with the uh, the time jump, I woke up at like. Uh, oh, that's right! I forgot about that. I I, I woke up at like. I reminded you guys last night. You, you did, but when I woke up today, I just I, I read books. I did some decorating around my apartment. I completely forgot that I had an extra hour. That's why I'm so rested. I woke up in such a good mood. I, yeah, I woke up at like uh, like like five minutes to eight and was like, oh, I guess I could just get up now. And then I read two issues upstairs. Came down, used the bathroom, and then and then sat in the living room with nothing on, and then scared my wife when she didn't see me down there, like. Uh, finishing the book like it it was a a breeze to read for a bendis book yeah Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think reading it all as a one lump sum you really felt its faults i think issue to issue week to week it it was weekly though so i don't know how much that would have dissipated over just a week I think I think I think in I a think week. you break this up over six weeks of reading it versus mm-hmm. sixty minutes because I read everything this morning for like I, I woke up at nine o'clock I pulled out my iPad I I read the entire thing and if I had had space out maybe a little bit more like okay I would have been okay with those retreads of the flashbacks um, and Paul yeah. I did look it up they were three ninety nine per issue yeah. I know I bought Which, like the first two back to back, you know, one a, one a week. Then I bought the third one, 
then I kind of forgot about it, and I bought like four and four, and then I forgot about it again, and I'm like, wait, it's a trading and, policy. And then you picked it for that, and then and you six. saw that there's another issue. Because <laughs> he was like, it's only five issues. Uh, you just have to read four, and then it was like, and then I'm like, there's a six one. Are we reading one through five or one through six? I already what had a six bought. Like, it was already there. I know, but you I told us it. one through five. Yeah, well, I forgot about that there was six. I bought five and six together because it was they were all out because I'm like, oh, shoot. It was one through four. <laughs> there was a five and six. But it's it's not bad. I, I did enjoy reading it. I do like how he handles Superman and the extended Superman family, not just Jonathan and Lois, but Supergirl as well. And I kind of want more of those story beats. I I want to see where this goes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind how he wrote Hal Jordan either. Uh, I mean, it's just brief glimpses of him in there, but I I liked it. I didn't mind, you know, his Wonder Woman. I didn't I mean, the Cyborg. I mean, you get like one or two lines from Cyborg, and the uh, the Flash stuff seemed totally uh, not to character. Except for the, like, you know, I put out that fire. Don't worry about it. Like, that was a fun line. But, like, the cockapoo-poo thing, it was just it was just utterly utterly bizarre. It just didn't fit, seem to fit in this book. Because there wasn't enough tension. I never felt tension of Superman not in the end winning. Superman was going to find a way. Because even when he's fighting him, he's... He brought the he brought the fight to the city, so I wouldn't hit him as hard. I'm giving him an eight instead of a ten. Uh, he did this, like he's breaking down that why he's doing what and what Superman can do, which is the stuff that you appreciate about that that he that Superman's doing that. And it, but and then you have like that cockapoo-poo thing, like it just yeah. like it just didn't seem to match, and I didn't need that to break tension because I didn't ever felt real tension in the book I don't know no I, I agree every time Superman passed out he was okay and they would just go collect him later yeah. and then like bring him back because that happened like two to three times Yeah, it's like wait aren't you there to kill all the Kryptonians you've had two chances uh, at that it is, now this man is a man of war he's not retreating he's he's, he's not, not running, running away, away. He's, he's retreating, retreating. a tactical retreat yeah uh, but you're here to kill the guy, and but, you've beaten him. So then it's like, eh, nope, gotta go. Apparently, it's not his stabby stab isn't stabbing enough to stab through Superman. Maybe yet because he needs to get more yellow sun power. I I don't know. I, and it makes no sense. Uh, in the end, what? he's comic book. He's Nothing beaten, matters. He's beaten by the Phantom Projector, mm-hmm. which isn't stop. You know, this isn't you know fixing it's it. It's just putting a band aid on it. So it's like, oh, you know, this guy's in his Superman run is going to come back and they're finally going to have that conclusion. But I wish I did have a conclusion to this. I wish I had something, something about this character, something about that. It wasn't bad. If you were to continue to buy that Superman, mm-hmm. I would probably read it when you made me read it for a trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not on your own. I don't think I would do it on my own. I didn't I didn't mind it. I appreciated things he did with mm-hmm. Superman. But again, I'm not a Superman fan right. enough to be like, oh yeah, hey this. Mm-hmm. And even when I have been like, hey, I really like what this writer is doing with Superman, I fall off of it super easy because it's just yeah. like, eh, it's Superman. You know, you're not a Superman fan. Like that, mm-hmm. the exact same thing happens to me. I side and agree with everything that you had just said. Yeah. 
All right, but hey, at least it was a fun discussion. Uh, it wasn't as good as Wonder Woman, or so, you know, the, the volumes of Wonder Woman. You buying Woman. two? You buying volume two of that? I own the Omnibus, so I really don't feel like I need to buy the digital issues as well. I own the heart. I own. No, like I, meant, a lot. I thought you meant like uh, the Earth Two. Oh, or no, I was talking Earth about the Brian Azzarello oh, yeah. Chang art run. That was that's a pre pre ultimate run of of that character. Maybe we'll get that eventually out of Bendis and Superman. Maybe he'll have a really good run. I think he does a lot of good setup. I do like his handle on Superman. You know? I don't, I don't, There's moments yeah. that I love. Yes. Like when he's like flying by and he's like, I don't know why I feel so calm by hearing uh, Perry White so panicked, but I do. And then he gets zapped. And I'm like, all right. Well, no, those, little like the, those little moments, though. Even, I think it's in the issue number one or maybe it's number two where he's talking about how he's he heard a scream and now he's trying to find where it comes from but he hears someone singing a song and he's trying to remember oh, yeah. what song is it. he's like, like he just keeps hearing it i i like those little moments and if i ever had a chance to ask brian michael bendis a question at a convention panel or something now i would ask like hey what song did superman hear that person singing because you know that's something that he's thought of. like he has the song in his head he just didn't say what it was I thought it was just because she's a uh, person that sings on the subway, and he just like walked by, by her like maybe three to four times during the week. Um, you know, as Clark Kent going to work, like it was something that he kind of heard in the background. But since he's just a subway performer, he never really paid attention to paid attention to something like that. So maybe there isn't a song, but that's a good question. No, he he came out and said like he was oh. he was listening for screaming, and he heard someone singing a song. And he didn't mean to eavesdrop, but now he can't get the song out of his head. What song is it? Kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I, I, I like the things. moment where it was like, oh, who do you think's doing this? Bizarro? Oh, God, I hope it's not Bizarro. Oof. Yeah, I don't want it to be Bizarro. Let it always be a loser. And it was just like that moment of like, oh, they don't want to have to deal with Bizarro. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I like that moment. There's lots of good beats. There's enough beats that this is like a positive book. But there is enough to make right. you go, eh. Because all in all, it feels like a launching point for the rest of this, the two other books, Superman and Action Comics. If all of this was a zero issue, Which it would... we already had a zero issue on. Exactly. <laughs> but, it, but if this was Not a zero a issue, zero. you'd go like, okay, I, I, I could jump on. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, but I could jump on. Yeah, but it's a good it, introduction to his take on Superman. But I don't think it's... Is it enough for you to pick up I Superman or Action Comics? I've no, picked but up it's, a few issues, but I haven't read them because, you know, I don't read my comic books. It's enough to make up. me... Like you said before, it's enough to make me want to read them if Paul brings it to the table, but on my <laughs> own, I, I wouldn't. When I said I agree with everything you said, I, I meant it. Just that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I, it, I'll yeah, read them, the, but I'm not going to like search it out. That was that was more of me asking directly to Paul what he would do because I said that you agreed and Paul left to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I know like, Paul. I, I, I did purchase a few of them. They're on my Comicsology, uh, but I haven't read them because you know I don't read my books until we actually do a look back or something like that. Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, 
But if you have any opinions about this book, uh, let us know over on our Facebook. Chris will have the show notes up. Find them over on our website, bagdenboard.com. Let us know over there as well. If you do or don't, uh, it's okay. We don't mind, but we I want you to, though. Comment on the post. The only comments we get are spam posts. It's like, wow, very interesting article. If you want to know more about this, check on this website. It's like, no Russian hackers, no. uh, Increase your uh, Google SEO. Read this article and send us $19.95. Uh, good uh, Rate and review it. us. That helps other people find the show. If you would like to share this, that'd be great. Because people need to know about us. And Halloween was just last week. So, uh, guys, stock up on a bunch of really cheap thumb drives and hand those out for Halloween next year. Instead of candy. Uh-huh. No cavities have ever been created by listening to the show. 100% oh, ADA approved. <laughs> That's sad, because I think you're pretty sweet. <laughs> the American... 